Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen, back with you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, another fun Phillies week. Eagles lost last week. We'll talk plenty about that. Not that we really had much expectations going into the game. There was actually an entertaining Thursday night football game last night. Did you watch? Now, if, if an entertaining football game happens and nobody watches, is it still a football game? I think people turned it on during the game. There were people who weren't watching, and then they—I mean, maybe for the uniforms or something like that. But it was, I was surprised. Uh, you know, the, it wasn't a quality football game in terms of well played, but it was entertaining and there was scoring, and it was—I think—the only time in NFL history they've had a game that was forty-one thirty-nine. You were just happy that it wasn't the red and the green jerseys. Yeah, see these color <laughs> jerseys. <laughs> They're bad for a colorblind person. It's just they need to think about these things. It's, so, yes, I was glad that it was not the Bills and the Jets because I was very confused when they had that last year. And I hope that they've resolved that this year. So there was no color issues. Let me give our callers the phone number if they'd like to join us. And then we'll get right to our guest. Uh, they want to join us. It's 888-728-9941. That's 888-728-9941. Jeff, why don't you bring on our guest? Because we're real excited to have him in studio today. Uh, we're excited to be joined by John Brazier, Director of Fun and Games for the Philadelphia Phillies. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Who I told before we started as the best job title ever, and I may want to reprint my business cards just so I can come up with something creative. Well, like I, that. I gave myself the title 24 years ago. It and, stuck. And it stuck. And, and if you got two seconds, I'll tell you how it all came about. We got an hour. Take your time. <laughs> is that, uh, when I first started, again, 24 years ago, 1994, uh, I was six years out of college uh, when I took the job, and I met a guy at a wedding. Uh, I was I I had had a little sports experience. I had lived in England for a year when I graduated college, and I played lacrosse and coached lacrosse. I came back after a year, got in the insurance industry for five years, went to a wedding, met a guy at the wedding as vice president of marketing for the Phillies. Next thing you know, we hit it off. He asked me if I had any sports marketing experience, and I totally BS the guy and told him that I I uh, promoted. Did PR, marketing, branding, any buzzword I could. You did that because you know, you're a good marketer. Sports, I guess so. <laughs> you were able to and I BS'd him, and next thing you know, I, I, I get the job. So when I first got the job, I'd be going around to radio stations just like this, and I'd be in a suit, and I'd be all corporate, and I'd be you know promoting whatever we were promoting. And I felt like I spent half the interview talking about what I do instead of, or what my title is and what I do. And my title, I think, back then was manager of uh promotions i think it's not quite as exciting no and i was in a suit and i looked at the the on-air town and they were in flip-flops and hawaiian shirts it's and, the best thing you can do I, that's I, why I went, we're on the radio and i went back to my boss i said i got a i got to change my outfit b <laughs> i got to change my title he said what should the title be i said i don't know what do you think so we sat at the game we're like we should it be vice president of tomfoolery i said no that's too big of a responsibility and uh, plus then you'd have to spell Tom Fuller Tom every Fuller, time. Exactly right. right. What no if my name's not Tom? And then I said, what am I going to do? You know, so we came down to, we figured director of funny games, director was perfect. And then it wasn't too high responsibility. Wasn't too low. Fun and games kind of says it all. And then I wear whatever I want to the radio stations. And there you go. You just show up and you're there. I told Jeff, I went to a wedding last you weekend. I, on? I, didn't, I don't, I don't, oh. I didn't, but I am wearing a, pants. <laughs> I didn't get a job offer. I went to a wedding last weekend, so I'm not going to the right weddings. Apparently. Well, yeah, but who, you also have to say, wedding was it? Uh, it was the, uh, the vice president of marketing, uh, for the Phillies back then. It was his sister-in-law who I went to college with, but, but there's a key part of this okay. though, is that not only do you have to go to the wedding and, f and find out somebody that has a cool job. But you also have to get up on stage and and do a Joe Cocker impression with the band unsolicited. So you basically interviewed at the wedding. Yes, you, without <laughs> realizing. Yeah, he never. You never knew what you were doing. No, but you I was actually, just. I was being myself. Which okay. Song, which which Joe Cocker song? 
Uh, feeling all right. <laughs> so you were feeling all right. I was feeling was all right done. when I got the job offer. Yes. So now you've been doing it for over 20 years. 24 it's, years. What's yes. it like to, I mean, you're a local guy. What's it like to be able to kind of have this dream job in the, in the town that you're from? It's the best. Uh, you know, I, I grew up, uh, the seventies team with, uh, bull and, uh, lefty and, and Boa and Manny trio. Uh, it was great. And, and it was similar to right now in that, you know, like in the early seventies, I was, you know, I was, I guess in 72 when they were, kind of on their way. They had all the guys together and then 73, 74, then all of a sudden, bam, 75, 76, 77 hit. And this team starts really gelling and you got the whole nucleus. Um, so it was fun to see all that. And I just remember, you know, I'd go to church on Sundays and I'd cut the lawn and then I'd sit down and watch lefty. Uh, and you assume that lefty's going to win, mm-hmm. you know, but even Larry Christensen or Dick Ruthven or whoever was going to be pitching. So, uh, I grew up a big, big, uh, sports fan. Tell you the truth. Baseball was probably on the priority list. Uh, football was one because my dad had season tickets to the Eagles. Uh, two was the Flyers because I grew up playing ice hockey, and three was baseball. Uh, so, but having now been in baseball for 24 years, I can, you know, obviously baseball is number one sport, and I absolutely love it. It's great, you get to go to a big park every day. And, every day, and- it is now. Now the downside is that it is a long season. I was talking to a couple guys from other sports, and you know, here the Eagles have 16 games, eight home games. We have 162 games, so I've got to be at least at 81. Phillies home games. That's not to say even spring training where I'm down there the whole month of March. Poor me to go down to Florida oh, for the month the, of March. We yeah. feel terrible for you but right I, now. But I go to over 100 baseball games a year, which is great unless you have a family. <laughs> and they don't well, Jeff, might, Jeff might go to 100 baseball games a year yeah, too. Yeah, is that right? More yeah, but they're, they're minor league. <laughs> Jeff and his son are huge minor league fans. So they oh, go, they nothing go to better than minor major league, league games. But uh, Jeff, when he travels for work, I think you were in Nashville. You went to the stadium down there. Nashville sounds. Um, yeah. So yeah, he, he they enjoy <clears> that. I always joke that his son should be doing the show with me because he knows the players. Minor league, league baseball you're not joking. No, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty much serious. But um, <laughs> you know, I'll keep doing it with you. It's okay. So 100 games a year, it gives you a lot of opportunity with the promotions uh also a lot of challenges what's the most fun you've had the best promotion you've ever run um all right well i'll, I'll give the good and the bad okay. so i'll give you the bad first couple bad uh one is you never know what's going to happen when you put together these promotions so we had a we got pitched uh about 10 years ago from a group of like old wrestlers we're talking like bruno san martino and the iron sheik and i grew up with all these guys so i thought this is gonna be awesome you know all the but little did I realize that <laughs> they were pretty old. And so <laughs> when they came out, there was, it was a fanatic's birthday and they were supposed to bring a ring out. And we debated it in, in meetings saying, do we really want to maybe, is it promoting violence with a fanatic because it's a fanatic's <laughs> birthday? We said, ah, it's just wrestlers. It'll... Well, next thing you know, the ring never showed up oh, for no. some reason. So now we've got these old wrestlers basically in, in like, were they know, wearing in speedos <laughs> or they're in speedos basically. And they're, they're running around the field with, with it looked like complete chaos because there's no <laughs> ring and they're just running all over the place. And, and I remember just myself and a couple other people were ba- back against the wall going, Oh my God, please let this thing end. Uh, so you didn't bring t- that promotion back. We didn't bring that back. So another one we had was, uh, we wanted to have like a, this is towards the end of the vet and do you remember all that? Obviously, all the first balls deliveries we had yeah. at the vet. We had Kite Man. Yeah. Met many the versions of Kite Man. We had, we had Benny the Bomb. We had Cannon Man. We had all these different things. So we felt like we're going to have like this big spectacular where we're going to have Rocket Man, who would basically in a jetpacked uh, propeller or whatever, jetpacked, he would basically uh, fly up to the upper deck, hand the ball 
to Kite Man. Kite Man would then take the ball and fly off the upper deck down on the field. And he, would very hand, complicated. And, he, and he would hand this it sounds to foolproof. and we would hand it to a guy named Handman, who literally was the first uh, guy to ever have a hand transplant. He was from South Jersey. Uh, he had his hand blown off. He had a hand transplant. So we're going to go again. Uh, Rocket Man. <laughs> Rocket to man, kite man. To Kite Man. To Hand Man. I'm in the dugout with Hand Man. He's You're really nervous. praying ner- that this is all going to go correctly. Yes. And he's, he's really nervous. And he's looking at me and said, man, I got to tell you, John, I'm really nervous about throwing out the first pitch. I said, You're nervous. I'm in charge of this whole thing. And I got a guy <laughs> on a jet <laughs> propelled backpack going up to a Kite Man who's already crashed many times in his vet history. And he's going to go down and give it to you. All you got to do is throw it out. You'll be all right. How did so this work it out? It actually worked out fine, believe it or not. Okay. But it was, so uh, that was one of the scarier moments. That when you were concerned that it wasn't going to go off the way that you thought. Right. But one of the best things you do is, is the great thing of uh, being in promotions and being, we're really a, kind of a small company that uh, a lot of people have say. So if you're an intern and you have a great idea, well, you can see your idea put forth in front of 46,000 people and then you know countless how many people on TV. Uh, and so some of the ideas, you know, that, that's something that you, that's near and dear to your heart. So I'm a Grateful Dead fan. So... We got, it was handed to us about four years ago. We got a call from, uh, it was the Rex Foundation, the Grateful Dead's uh, charity arm. And they said they want to do a Grateful Dead night. They've done it before in Boston and a, in San Francisco, of course, and a couple other cities. And they'd love to do it in Philadelphia. Well, it's right in my wheelhouse. I said, well, we got, now I'm hoping that we're going to get Bob Weir and, and you know, Phil Lesh and some of the members, uh, living members, uh, be there. Now, we couldn't do that. But that was really cool that we got to put together. And, and they... The best friend of the fanatic is also a big deadhead, so the two of us got to have a lot of fun as far as what the giveaway is going to be, you know, what cover band we're going to have, you know, what the uh, just just a lot of things. What that, was that the giveaway for? Uh, well, the giveaways we've had, uh, we had a T-shirt that was a tie-dye T-shirt, obviously, and we had uh, the Steal Your Face logo on the front with the Phillies logo, and on the back we had every tour date that took place in Philadelphia. Oh, that's fun. every that's tour cool. date that's ever took place in Philadelphia. Yeah. So a lot of deadheads were like, "Wow, this is the, the best!" Because they remember, you know, going, going to, to the shows. Yeah, right. JFK yeah. and you'll you'll like this. I was with a, a client the other day, and they had flown back uh, oddly with Gene Simmons on a flight, and so I'm in there meeting with them, and they send <clears throat> Gene Simmons sends a box, and she opens it up, and there's all this Kiss gear, and one of the things is the Kiss members with the Phillies uniforms on on a t-shirt right i was like that's pretty cool i've never seen that before well we we hired mini kiss two years ago uh we we had 70s <laughs> it was part of our our uh we do always do a retro and it was i think it was 77 or so and it was when kiss came out and we hired uh mini kiss they were vertically challenged uh artists and they were dresses in the whole kiss outfit and the funny thing is they were you know, they performed at McFadden's after the game. They performed at uh, Ashburn Alley. And a guy at work came over to me and said, John, we paid all this money and they're not singing. They're not <laughs> even playing their instruments. And I said, but look at them. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> enough for you. You right. were happy. I don't care. <laughs> it's Benny Kiss. Right. So you've had a lot of celebrities there. Right? Yes. What's the, what, what, tell us about some of the, the most memorable celebrities you've been able to work with at the stadium, good and bad, of course. Uh, a couple, yeah. We've had, we've had a lot. Um, and that's the beauty of, of our job is that you get to mingle with politicians, with actors, actresses, rock stars. Uh, and when they come into your ballpark, you know, you're, I'm, I'm basically the host. So they're, they're going to treat me as a peer. So it's, it's great. So I'll give you a couple of stories. One is uh, early in my career, Alice Cooper came to the game. I took Alice Cooper all around the place, and we're having a conversation. He said, uh, "Do you? what's the coolest part of your job? And this is back at the vet. And I said, well, at lunchtime, a bunch of us go out there, 
and we shag fly balls, you know, right along the wall. And we have a guy, a, a former coach who hits fungo bats to us and he hits them perfectly. So you've got to almost like catch it against the wall. We throw it back. The next guy goes. And then we basically go back and forth, back and forth until, you know, for like an hour or so. That's so and, cool. I, and Alice Cooper said, man, John, you got a cool job. <laughs> and that resonated with me like four hours later. Right, when I'm these celebrities home. are telling you how cool your job right. is. I watched a game with, uh, with Art Garfunkel, a spring training game down in Dunedin. So he's picking my brain about uh, Phillies baseball and the baseball players. And being a big music fan, I, I, I picked his brain as far as I was, I was asking him every, every question in the book without being annoying, you know, as far as what his favorite uh, Simon Garfunkel song is, what's his least favorite, you know, uh, how, why he and Paul Simon, you know, had Didn't a little rift. Out. I mean, mm-hmm. we really got to know each other and we uh, since stayed in touch and he's been to, you know, many Phillies games since then. Um, but probably the coolest thing is uh, Raul Banyas, when he was new to the team, um, he came up to me and said, John, can you do me a favor? Uh, I've got a friend of mine coming to the game. He's never been to the ballpark. This is Citizens Bank Park. And I need someone to uh, just uh, walk him in. He's never, he's coming by himself. And just walk him, show him around a little bit and just, you know, and that's it. Just take him, show him to his seats. I said, no problem. I said, just uh, either give him my name or give me his name. He said, well, I'll give you his name. His name is um, Eddie Vedder. He's in a band called Pearl Jam. <laughs> and I'm looking at Raul and I don't know Raul very well at this point because he's new to the team. And I didn't know whether he was messing with me or not. And I'm <laughs> looking at him. I said, yeah, I know, I know Eddie Vedder. I, I, I can deal. I can hang that. And I got to tell you, Eddie Vedder was the coolest guy you've ever met. Down to earth, super nice. Um, he totally blended in. Nobody recognized him because Pearl Jam wasn't in town. Nobody's looking for Eddie Vedder. He had a hat on, looked like any common guy. And he knew more about baseball than I would have ever thought. Did was, he? was this before that he, uh, he, didn't he perform at Citizens Bank Park? Did uh, Pearl Jam ever perform I don't think Pearl Jam ever. No. No, aren't you no. supposed to know these things before you? Ask I don't. Questions I've never on seen here. Pearl Jam. No, they they performed. They I took I took Raul and a bunch of our players during yeah. the World Series and played the Yankees. We had an off the night of our gala. A bunch of us instead of going to the gala, we went to Pearl Jam across the street, uh, and it was awesome. Eddie Vedder gave Raul and the Phillies a shout out and. Yeah, it was, uh, but no, super nice guy. And the band came that year as well. Our our uh, man behind the glass, Brett, is a big wrestling fan. I, I heard you had Stone Cold Steve Austin there one time. Did, did you know the story of that I, one? I read it, but I'm fascinated to hear a, about it from well, that's you. A, you're bringing up a real good one. So Stone Cold Steve Austin, this is when Terry Francona was our manager, back of the vet. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin wanted to take batting practice. So Terry Francona, uh, we got it all set up. And it's now like 3.30 in the afternoon. And I went to tell Terry, I said, Terry, are you ready to go out and throw to him? He said, well, can you do me a favor? I've got something in the next 15 minutes. Just why don't you go out there, start throwing to him, and then I'll come out and relieve you. I said, all right. So it's just nobody there except for Stone Cold Steve Austin, a WWF uh, camera, and myself, maybe a couple other people, ground crew or some other people. And so I started throwing to him. I'm wearing you know, a polo shirt and khakis and loafers, whatever. And I'm, he's got like a Stone Cold T-shirt on yeah, and a pair of jean shorts. <laughs> and the guy obviously is huge. And he's and when he's swinging, he's not exactly getting around. I mean, he's so bulky <laughs> that he can't even get his arms around. So I'm throwing to him. All of a sudden, our players start coming out. We were playing the Orioles. The Orioles start coming out. Well, Will Clark, remember Will Clark? Will Clark... I'll never forget this. He yells out, "Yo, buddy, why don't you throw a little harder?" And you know, it was a little more harsh, than, a little more harsh than that. And so I looked at the guy and I said, "You know what? You know." And I didn't want to cater to the guy, but I said, "All right." So I, I basically wheeled back, threw as hard as I can, which is probably like sixty-five miles an hour, <laughs> and lost a little grip on the ball, and it went right at his head. Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin 
put his head back and went whizzed right past his face <laughs> and he starts running towards the mound with a bat in his hand right at me and I didn't know whether he was kidding or not and I started running out into right field like a schoolgirl and they had, catch it all on camera and then afterwards he's laughing so I realize all right he's joking around and and the funny thing is my nephew is a big WWF fan was nine years old at the time he watched it on TV the next week not knowing that I was going to be he on the show. He probably thought it was the coolest thing ever. Well, he loves Stone Cold, and he, obviously, I'm his uncle, and he, his brain was just, yeah, you know, his skull scrambled. He mind couldn't, exploded. He couldn't figure it all that. out. Did he invite you to then come on wrestling so he could jump on top of you? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> yeah, your your nephew would have gone to that. <laughs> yes, so, he would have. Who's, 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 who's the best batting practice celebrity that you've had on? Um, you know, that's a great question, because we normally when we have celebrities take batting practice, I got to say, they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> they really aren't. I mean, you get... You get do a lot just, of them want to? Uh, oh yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of them. Uh, it's fun. We just had we just had uh, just two days ago Claude Giroux, and we had Matt Reed, uh, Andrew McDonald, and Sean Couturier all did that. And I gotta tell you what, Claude Giroux was Andrew McDonald was phenomenal defenseman for the Flyers. Mm-hmm. They obviously played baseball, um, and Claude Giroux was doing was was because he was throwing. He was practicing throwing in the cage, and man, he had a gun. And not only that, but he but he had like you know how like the softball the. The windmill underhand. softball. Yeah. So somehow I don't know if he played cricket or he was or he did something, but he had that underhand motion that he was firing it. It's so. fun. I, I when the Democratic National Convention was here, they had a charitable event there, and so they let people go and take some batting practice. First of all, I never realized how terrible I was. I mean, I realized why I stopped playing little league when I was out there. But it's pretty cool to be out there, see your name on the big board. Did and they put a little little league fence right by uh, the infield for you? <laughs> Honestly, they could have put something in front of the pitcher's mouth that I still wouldn't have gotten over. The little you white know, plastic fence? You think it's easier than it really is, though. When you're like, yeah, I could do this, no problem. And it doesn't matter how slow they're pitching it to you, your bat just is not fast well, enough Well, then you throw in change-ups and sliders and, you know, gets a little more complicated but yeah we've had we've had bradley cooper we've had you know all the different members we used to have we still have uh contests between like we had the eagles you know uh, about 10 guys come out for the eagles and nice. they've taken uh a ch- they did a challenge john dornboss won it two years ago i believe zach Ertz might have won it last year and they probably talk trash uh, to each other while oh, they they're totally doing do. it and i they, give them really into I, it. I present a bat to them that says that you know the uh the batting champion how about the uh, sixers <clears throat> sixers we've um, I'm afraid to let Joel Embiid yeah, go anywhere. Right. Right. You know, it's funny. We never really had the Sixers. We we used to have uh, Jameer Nelson used to bring the uh, Orlando Magic um, and would take batting practice out there. Uh, and it was funny. Dwight Howard went right-handed. Then he then he wasn't getting around on it, so he went left-handed and started hitting the ball. So and Jameer Nelson's good. Jameer Nelson hit a, a bunch of the warning track. That, that's impressive. So we talked a little bit about before you came on about the fanatic and how you know I, I have a seven and a half month old, so he's probably going to be afraid of him right now because he's a big green thing. But after like three, they kind of get into it. What's it like to have that mascot be able to work with you with everything you do? Oh, my God. The Fanatic is the best uh, in many, many, many ways. Um, one is that this year, uh, going into the season, we didn't have a whole lot of players that we could really promote as far as giveaways um, or theme nights. Uh, and so... You know, unfortunately, when you see the fanatic as a big part of our promotional schedule, that means that we have a young team. You, yeah, you realize that you're uh, you're right. on the come up, <laughs> right? So, uh, but the fanatic also is—he's uh, just nonstop entertainment. I don't know if you watched uh, the Dodger series. You have a date with the reporter, right? Or well, whatever. the, the on-field reporter for the uh, Dodgers, very good looking, and the fanatic. She would do a report right in front of the Dodgers dugout, and the fanatic would get on his four-wheeler right behind 
you know, right behind her in front of the dugout. So everyone's watching and it'd be halfway on camera <laughs> and he'd start like, you know, putting his fingers <laughs> down his legs, like trying to be all sexy. And uh, then finally he said, you don't hear that very much. No, the fanatic you know, and sexy. Fanatic and sexy not, no, but not he, two um, words to go together. Well, he, he decided, did streak, didn't he? That's well, right. he, he, yeah. he streaked that same day. Uh-huh. So he streaked and he decided to have a table. I'm sure that know, Table cloth on a table and yeah. chair and, and he had milk and, and he sat down and she agreed to sit down. He was doing he, well until she slapped him. Well, well no, he was doing <laughs> no. well until his belly hit the table and then <laughs> spilled the milk all over the poor poor girl. It didn't quite work out the way he was hoping for. No. Uh, what's the most bizarre request you've received for the fanatic? I mean, I'm sure he, he does, you know, you're in the community. One that you could say on the you're radio. In the, uh, you're in the community all the time. And I don't know if people realize that just how... Um, all-encompassing the fanatic is at different charitable events the Phillies are at different events yeah what's what's the well of course the fanatic gets asked you know for throughout the first pitch a little league uh, openings to you know weddings uh, bar mitzvahs uh, corporate uh, openings um, church fairs uh, I mean you can imagine every I think there was if I remember correctly there was one person that asked him to be the best man in the wedding. <laughs> and first of all, that we don't would e- be great. First of all, we don't even know if the fanatic is a man, right? I mean, it, it's a that's never mas- been identified. Best, well, we think it's a man, got, but we haven't really. Well, that's we, true. He did streak, and you we, we, we've got to ask Charles Darwin about this uh, this species because it's kind of an unknown <laughs> way species, ab- way above my level. Are, <laughs> are you, you? You know, you mentioned this year with the young team. We've now seen. You know, Jason and I talk baseball a lot, and I've been telling him be patient. The minor he leagues, thinks, they're he, coming. He thinks I have an unhealthy man crush on Reese Hoskins and he, wants to know if my wife's aware. He does. He, he, <laughs> it is unhealthy. I've been calling for him to be in the majors and wanting him. Uh, and then so every time he homers now, Jeff and his son track how long it takes me to text them after the home run. <laughs> but, but, now we ha- but now we have a situation where people are now starting to see. That what what's coming up is that exciting it's, it's for very, somebody like it's, you? It's very exciting because it obviously helps my job. But also as a fan, <clears throat> I mean, you get Reese Hoskins who – you know, he's basically setting records uh, and really brought the excitement. And by him setting records and bringing national excitement and local excitement, it's also then shown to uh, put a spotlight on the team. So now people are starting to see that Nick Williams is off to a great start. I mean, if it wasn't for Reese Hoskins, everyone would be talking it's about sort of- Nick Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we bring up J.P. Crawford, and he hasn't done much with the bat, but his his approach his to the bat, is, is his approach at the plate is very similar to Reese Hoskins. He oftentimes will um, walk almost as much, if not more, then he'll strike out. Um, Jeff and I have talked a lot about that, the patience that, you know, for yep. young players, the way that they work account, you had that 10 pitch at bat for Hoskins the other night yep. where he then, was that the one he had the double off of on mm-hmm. the 10th pitch? Yeah, how many times he worked a full count, uh, you know, yeah. a fastball count, and then he takes advantage of and it. And he thrives in that count. With two strikes, he is very aggressive. Normally you see batters that are, are very defensive trying... He does not seem to be bothered by going down with two nope. strikes in the count. Then you have Alfaro hitting home runs 459 feet. You can't go wrong with that. So it, it, tell us about the excitement towards the end of the season. You know, J.B. Crawford, I thought he said, you know, just wait till next season. And I, I think that's kind of going to be the attitude of the fans that expectations are, are raised. There wasn't that much expectation going into the season as referenced by the fanatic being a focal point right next season you've got lots of people to feature well we've talked about you know we've talked for a long time about the farm system now people are able to see what the farm system is producing so uh we got a great taste of you know we just we mentioned jp crawford who knows whether you know freddie's on his last year freddie is uh, is probably a gold glove spectacular uh, shortstop so you know i hope we keep him um and i hope you know whether jp comes up right away next year and plays third base you know for a year uh, which has done been done before, um, or or he puts pressure on Franco to to you know get better, or maybe there's a trade ship in there. 
And the, the beauty is we have this offseason should be a really, really interesting offseason. We have Tommy Joseph, who was a starter, who's got 22 home runs. So, you know, he's not a slacker. Um, and an you know, American League team especially could use a right-handed power bat. You've got, you know, now you've got in the outfield, you've got, looks like pretty set. You've got Reese Hoskins, you've got uh, Herrera, and you've got Altair. Um, the infield, you've got Scott Kingery, who was our minor league player of the year, position player of the year. Um, and a gold glover. And a gold glover. Yeah. But you also have Cesar Hernandez, who's in the top five National League uh, leadoff hitters. I mean, the guys are leading uh, from a... It's um, a great problem to have. It's a great problem. And he's got yeah. a very good glove, and he's fast. So uh, so you got you got a great problem there. you got a great problem at first base with Tommy Joseph. you got a great problem at shortstop with Freddie Galvis and, and, uh, and J.P. Uh, Crawford. Uh, you know, so it, we have... We're, we're starting to get some good problems to have. So we've got some trade chips... If we want to do that, we've got money to spend. We're just re- it's just it's, we're it's when we're going to when we're going to spend it. You know, does it make sense to go out and get a U Darvish? I don't know because the U Darvish at that time, but it, may, it might take us maybe now two more years, really if one you, or two more years. But are you wasting the back end of a expensive starter if you're doing that, or is it better off to trade for a young guy that can develop and really become part of that nucleus, a young well, starter? I still think that there, there's a bunch of young kids that are at single leg. Oh my god! Yeah, that, that, that all throw gas. I yep. mean, they're really good pitchers, and but they all have great names too. Yeah, well, Sixto's a yes. double Ranger, now, right? Ranger you got, Suarez, you got Sixto, San- his, Sixto yeah. Sanchez. His Ranger son Suarez. loves Sixto Sanchez. You got Domingo. You've been telling <laughs> me about him since before he was even in a ball when he was 150 pounds instead of 152 pounds. Yeah, yeah but all the I'm telling you, they have to make the majors because their names. Yeah, I mean, if your name's Ranger Suarez, you have to make the majors. Can you imagine if your name the is Mar- Sir Anthony Dominguez? You got to make the playoffs. Can you imagine the marketing opportunities for you if those guys like do you root for players with fun names of course like, oh i hope they come up because i could do so much with them exactly with the promotion right. yes. the, the thing is though if you get you darvish you better come up with a lot of promotions because he takes about three minutes between pitches <laughs> yes he does <laughs> well he but, pitched the other night against the phillies it was like a three and a half hour game well with herrera batting and you darvish pitching you're gonna have a long you know, yeah maybe you we'll bet. get steve tracks a lot of retirement you better have yeah. lots of snacks you for that have game. pillows away for that game right so in my day job when i'm not talking sports i do a lot of uh, communications work and, and social media and digital work how has social media changed your job from both the good and the bad well from a good uh it's great in the sense that we can push out promotions or news uh very timely obviously uh and and free <laughs> We don't, and we don't have to rely on anybody else. We don't have to rely on no filter. the papers or you know pushing it out, to getting making sure the radio stations talk about it or the TV stations cover it. Uh, so from that point of view, it's great. Now it's it's brought a little bit, and and when we really, I mean, the Phillies itself and any baseball team, and we're using every platform out there. I mean, Facebook and obviously Twitter and Snapchat, and we're doing just we're do, every platform, and and as something uh, comes forward, we're we're there, and then it'll. You know Pinterest or whatever, and then you do a lot with video too right. on your on your platforms. Do a, I mean, do a I, lot of video. We I, can control our own news. We can control our messaging, uh, which is all great. Where where the tough part is is just as as you know, we can send that out. It's tough to control it. So when we have, uh, I'll take a trade situation uh, and being in PR. That let's say, let's say tomorrow, uh, or let's say right now, Matt has an agreement to trade. And again, this is. Totally hypothetical. <laughs> Theoretical. Let's say he's got we're radio. News. This yeah, is yeah, not, we're not breaking news. Let's say he's he's going to trade. We'll say Tommy. We talked about Tommy Joseph. He's going to trade Tommy Joseph. Let's say he makes the trade. 
So the the trade is all set from uh, from the GM of the Rangers and the and Matt Clintac, right? The league well, still has to approve it, right? And let the, but okay, right? So well, it, ha- it has to be approved, but they have to pass their physical. So let's say that trade happens, right? Well, then what happens is there's going to be a Buster Olney, or there's going to be a Jason Stark, or there's going to be a John, you know, um, what you call it, Heyman, uh, Heyman, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or, that's or that's Ken ba- Rosenthal, that, or Ken yeah. Rosenthal. That's going to get the scoop, and they're going to they're going to boom automatically send out. Um, Boom. Uh, Tommy Joseph was traded for blah, blah, blah. Okay. So then let's say that trade really does happen. Okay. Then, but it also could be rumored by a brother of Tommy Joseph, all excited for his brother to be traded to the Texas. <laughs> well, then that gets out. Then, then the reporters find that. And then they, so then that goes out there. And then people are calling us. Can we talk to Tommy Joseph? Can we talk to Matt Clintech? Well, even if that trade has been consummated, but it hasn't been completely consummated because we haven't. Uh, they haven't had their physicals, and many trades have happened. Not too often, but you get trades that'll happen that the trade will get nullified we because saw it in basketball they, with the Kyrie Irving trade. Yeah, with right. The, so we can't say anything. We can't put out a PR uh, press release to announce it, and we can't even we can't even uh, say that it happened uh, until they get their physical, which might not happen until you know a couple of days. So social media sometimes is faster than than we want it to be. Um, but also can cause some problems. I know, remember, uh, one of our players, I forget who it was, uh, we didn't realize he had an injury. And he went to the trainer and, and got an x-ray of his quad. And he tweeted, this is a while ago, he tweeted the x-ray of his quad. Well, next thing you know, all the media wants to know, what's wrong with his quad? And they go to his, they go to his locker, hey, what's wrong with your quad? And the, and the player wouldn't said well, i don't want to talk about it well he's the one who tweeted out he created the story all the media wanted and our you know our trainer's upset and we're upset what did he think was going to happen if he tweeted out I, that's really exactly well i think back then especially they didn't realize that they're going to start a firestorm I, I generally find that when people do things they don't yeah. think it's you know it's one of those i have a 10 second rule if it's a good idea you think about it for 10 seconds and then think about it 10 more but there's but there's sometimes you're, you're trying to be a good guy and you get in trouble so we had a guy um at my, at my he had played in the majors, went down to the minors in AAA, and he noticed while he's down in AAA that two of his guys, two of his teammates, were getting their bags packed to head up to make their Major League Baseball debut. Michael Schwimmer, if you remember Michael Schwimmer, mm-hmm. congratulated he was, them. He, he was down, and he sent out a tweet and said, "Hey, congrats to so and so! Very excited. They're going to be on their way to Philadelphia to make their Major League uh, debut." Uh, we had told them. We hadn't told the two guys that were going to be sent down to AAA. Oh no! Oh, no. And so Michael Schwimmer again was all good intentions, right? But uh, you know what? And I, I don't know if it was correlated, but it was six months later. Michael Schwimmer wasn't on our team anymore, <laughs> so I don't think it was. But you know, it's it just social media is great, and it's it's just phenomenal as far as and we've done so many fun things. You know, as far as videos and and it's really a great way to get your message out. But it can just you got to be you got to be careful. And there's a lot of teams that have gone over the edge and have gotten in trouble. So you've got to you want to be edgy, but you can't go over that edge. Before we let you go, Jeff wants to get some football knowledge out of you and get some picks. Well we figured since you're here we're gonna you're a UVA grad. Yes. And they're playing Boise State on, oh the, Smurf God, on the Smurf turf this week. Wait, did you realize we have a football team? Yes. Wow. <laughs> we did beat Connecticut, but I don't know that's if that's right. A, you're, what are they, two and one or, or one? Two and one. Two and one. If you and count William look, and Mary and I Connecticut. Went to, I went to Rutgers, okay? You're doing just <laughs> fine right now. <laughs> but but you're playing on the Smurf turf this week. I'll be watching tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN2. The blue and, turf is great. And they, have, and they have that dog, too, that, 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 that goes out of the tees. Do you watch things like that and be like, wow, I wish I did that kind of promotion? blue turf? Well, when you see see 
Oh, that would be great. Other things that are done turf. at other stadiums. Like in Trenton, they have the bat dog. Yeah. There they have the blue turf. Do you ever look at it and go, wow, that's a great idea. Like I want to do something well, like especially that. Especially minor leagues because minor league has a lot more uh, control about doing those things. If they want to if they want to have Grateful Dead night, not only do they have what I just told you earlier, but they can put the players in tie-dye Bruce jerseys. Bruce jerseys. Where we, where we can't. Yeah, you know, it's so all got you're limited in, in what you can and do with that. And they have so much more autonomy to do really fun, creative things. Lakewood does a and Bruce do Springsteen great. night. They call it the Bruce Clause and yep, have the most bizarre-looking jerseys. <laughs> yeah, they do phenomenal stuff. So, yes, there is. I'm constantly, when I go to a different event, whether it's baseball, hockey, basketball, I, I, I watch it in a different, you know, any, anyone who works at the Phillies watches it in a different uh, capacity than anybody else because we're looking at how they're advertising, what they're yeah, advertising, you watch it what as a marketer. Doing. Right, what you know, they're doing. Where where are in. their ads running? When are they running? Yep. How long are they running for? What you know? You look at it from a totally different perspective than yep. just a baseball fan at the ballpark. Exactly right. All right, Jeff, get your All last. Right, so, pick. what's your pick? Uh, we are eleven point underdogs. Yep. To uh, I think they're 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 scrambling a little bit. They are tough. It all, it all depends on whether they, not that anybody on this show, does anybody really care about Boise State UVA? But I'm going to say- I cared a lot I'm more gonna, years ago when I had a I'm going to say, you know what? UVA's coming out. Their quarterback, Banker, it's really good. Yeah. Came off a 445-yard performance. There you go. Take your yeah. home team. I'm going to say UVA is going to actually upset them. They're going to get off to a lead, and then and Boise State's going to start panicking, and that dog's going to break his leg, and then we're all good to <laughs> we're go. Gonna, we're going to hold you to that. Yeah. All right. Second one, Eagles and the Giants. Uh, I love the Eagles because I think they're, you know, it, the Eagles' strength Matches up perfectly with the with the Giants' weakness. I was gonna yeah. say I love the Eagles because of the Giants' offensive, offensive line. line is brutal. And <laughs> by the way, Jeff's know, a Giants fan. We just, just say, so we know. send waves and waves of defensive. So now that if if our defensive line cannot get to the quarterback, which and Eli has a bad track record against the Eagles, <laughs> yeah, then we have no secondary so, to cover anybody. Right. right so now. we just got to make sure that you know Patrick Robinson is on is on fire and some of the other guys. Uh, Douglas and some other guy, but uh, I think the defensive line is going to get to Eli. It's a home game. The cl- crowd's going to be. Really loud. Now, I know the Giants are desperate because they're 0-2, but I think the Eagles uh, should win fairly handily. Score? I'm going to say 27-13. to 13. All right, mark it down. There we go. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. We love some of the stuff you do at the ballpark. Thank and you. Certainly enjoy great it time. We get to great go time, down. you guys. Um, we didn't even get to mention you brought a great hat in that I made Jeff wear. Uh, he looks like he's ready to go out and shovel a six some, foot four Elmer Fudd. He looks like he's ready to go out and shovel some snow when he well, puts it on. Well, you can be cousin Eddie from, from Christmas right. vacation. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll make sure to get a picture of that for our listeners and put it out there. Jeff doesn't know when that is yet. when is that promotion? Oh, we already did it. Oh, okay. That, that's a yes. Well, what, we, uh, do the Phillies have any promotions with the rest of the season? Uh, fan appreciation. Yeah, we have day. fan yep. appreciation day coming at the last but, last, which we're giving away all kids fourteen hundred to get a Phillies fun spinner. And then also okay. all fans a get a 2018 or... schedule of Fathead. Yeah. And that's yeah. a 305 game on 305, the last yeah, Sunday every, every game, Every game in Major League Baseball starts at 305. Well, thank you so much that's for coming great. in. We'd love to have you back on again. And uh, look forward to you being able to market some players next season. It'll we be might have a lot of players to market, hopefully. So Thank you so much. This is The Heart of Thanks. Sports. Stick with us. And when we come back, we'll talk plenty of football. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one 337 
1-800-227-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. All right, this is The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. I'm ready for winter. During the break, we had Jeff put on the hat to take a picture. It's very entertaining. We'll make sure to put it up on our Facebook page so that everybody can see. You know what? You know what? Just the captions that people will put below it, like I'm hunting rabbits. We may have to have a caption contest. We could crop John and myself out and just leave (laughs) you there because you've got like the shirt on to go with it. It does. So you're really prepared for this. I'm excited. I'm going to have a caption contest. Uh, I hope it goes well. Please, our and listener. By the way, this thing is really warm. You can go outside now, and I am stay ready warm. for winter. Uh, Jen, yeah. uh, he, John is re- uh, Jeff is ready to uh, shovel the snow this winter. So no. I'm just letting your wife know no, that no, you're no. you're willing to do that. Okay, yeah. let's talk a little football. Crazy game last night. After a crazy day yesterday, and it didn't happen on the field. And and you're very bothered by this, Jeff. Yesterday, tell me well, about. Wait, when am I bothered by the Rams playing? No, the, you're forty niners on. B- you're Thursday bothered football? by what happened with Aaron Hernandez yesterday. Okay. Uh, yes. Mr. Lawyer, mm-hmm. tell me what happened yesterday because you were extremely passionate when you texted me and you have not calmed down since. About the money grab? I'll let you explain yeah, it however you'd like. <laughs> so so I, I hold in front of me a copy of, so everybody can hear it. There you go. Uh, the complaint that was filed. By Aaron Hernandez's you're, state. You're not oppressed. I'm not what? You're impressed? not impressed. No, I'm not impressed. <laughs> Filed against just the NFL and the New England Patriots. Okay. Okay. I'm not a New so England not, Patriots fan. Not so. college football. Not the Florida Gators. Not his high school. Not Pop Warner. Not anybody else. And, okay. by, and by the way, if, if you're going to file a complaint as a lawyer... You might want to hit spell check every once in a while. They misspelled Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh. You weren't happy. That's about a really that. hard one. You weren't yeah. happy about that. No. And, okay. And, so and let's get serious. This so is what a serious, done. legitimate issue. What happened is um, Hernandez's lawyers came out yesterday and said that he had an extremely the most severe case of CTE that they had ever seen in a twenty-seven year old. Stage three. Stage three, yeah. and therefore, in order to advocate for his children, they were going to sue the NFL. For what, $20 million or so? Uh, take it away, Mr. Lawyer. Yeah, so so they're, they're saying that as a result of his really long career before he ended up in prison, which was a total of three seasons, that the NFL and the Patriots caused his CTE, which led to his suicide. Now, we don't want to take this lightly. This show has, has gone above and beyond talking about CTE, the risks of CTE. I think that's why you're so bothered by it, is that it's Yeah, it's I mean, we've of... had Do- Dr. Omalo on here for two weeks, 
And and we have this, which basically is belittling all that. So what they did is they regurgitated everything that was in the Players Association lawsuit, uh, basically just put it all in there, and then just said uh, the NFL and the Patriots are responsible. Well, this is not something that happened overnight. It's not like this guy was a saint before he got to the Patriots. There's a reason that he was an All-American, that he was a John Mackey Award winner, that, that he was supposed to be a first-round pick, and he wasn't picked till the fourth round. And you were and, really bothered by this. Yeah, because... because you still are. It, and I will continue <laughs> to be when the show you is over. You came in and you called the legal I, brief I, crap. I, 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 yeah, I, well, it's not a brief. It's only a complaint. They complaint. They'll, they'll, I guarantee you there'll be a motion to dismiss uh, before next week. Um, but it, but this is nonsense be, because this guy played football his whole life. He has a history of violence. He was supposedly, according to reports in the Boston Globe, that the the prison that he was in said that he had symbol tattoos that may have been related to gangs. He had all sorts of problems when he was when he was in college. He apparently sucker punched somebody in a bar, and and punctured their eardrum. He's had all, we all know, you know, he was convicted of murder. So your issue is that it's minimizing CTE by, by saying yes. that he shouldn't be responsible. Yeah, this, this is making a very serious issue frivolous. And this, this is what happens. You can't have, there are a lot of players that we know who, are, who suffer from this. And this puts it down. It minimizes it and it belittles it. And we can't, we can't have that kind of stuff happen. He can't just sit there. You read this thing, and all it is is this long regurgitation, and at the end saying, "Yeah, it's the Patriots' fault, and it's the NFL's and you, fault." So you think it's a money grab by the lawyers? Yeah, he played 38 games in the NFL. He played 40 games in three se- in the same three seasons for Florida. He played 28 games or so in his three years in uh, from sophomore to senior year in high school. God knows how many times he was hit in the head playing. Uh, Pop Warner football, if he played that. How come they're not in here? How come that it's only being blamed? Well, they How don't come have only- quite as deep pockets as the Patriots in the NFL. Okay, well, that's not the kind of... That may be reality. I'm sorry, did you want the truth? Or well, did you that- want... Like, like I could you lie can't to handle you. the truth. I could lie to you and tell you why it's not in there and make you feel better about yourself. But, but that's, that's what's nauseating about it. I mean, it. Pop Warner doesn't have a deep pocket like the New England Patriots. So what are you going to throw Pop Warner in there for? Because, like, because you the, because you can't just blame the NFL because the NFL has, well, has a lot of money. Apparently they can. They filed suit that you well, think they will can, be thrown out. Anyone can file a suit. That doesn't mean you win. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that during and the I, break. And we're going to make this a short segment because okay. I'm going to let you cool off there for a sec. All right. And then we're going to go back. We're going to talk a little bit about what Malcolm Jenkins did this week. We're going to talk a little Eagles. Get ready for the game this week, Mr. Giants fan. you got to watch that Giants offensive line. Stick with Serenity us. Serenity now. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. 
With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. This is The Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. All right, Jeff, uh, let's get back at it. We're going to stop laughing about you in the picture of the hat. We're going to get serious now and talk some football. You're never going to stop laughing. I am not. I'm not. I'm probably going to blow it up into a fat head and put it up in the studio (laughs) when I get a chance. A fat head with a fat head. Hey, you know what? You said it, not me. Okay. So last week, uh, I was 13 and two in my picks. You were 12 and three. How do you feel about this? I don't know. You're walking around like a little peacock. No, I'm ready to stop now. It's probably the best I'm going to be all season. Can I just drop the mic and go out on a high, right? No more picks, right? Yeah. All right. Let's go through the Eagles game last week real fast, and then we'll get to our picks this week and move on to more. Before we do that, though, um, Malcolm Jenkins. A story came out that Roger Goodell met with Malcolm Jenkins, some other players, Jeffrey Lurie. Um, then Malcolm Jenkins came out and called for uh, a month of unity. Players are calling for community conversations. Some thoughts about that. We've talked a lot on this show about uh, the issue. Um, your thoughts as you see this progress. I think it's well-intentioned. I think that players should have a voice. I just don't think this is the right way to do it. I think that there are unintended consequences about it, and I just don't think that they, they would be able to control the message of all of the players. And so for you know, that reason, you don't think they're going to do it because they won't be able I don't to. think they'll do it. I think that the I think the NFL might do things outside of the season. I think they might support causes monetarily, um, but I, I just don't see them dedicating a month to because what causes do you do? Well, and for yeah. people who say like I don't want to see it interrupting my football, you know, they're doing this on their days off. They're they're meeting right. with the commissioner. Like they're doing the things that people want them to do, and then it gets out and gets attention. Like the meeting with Goodell happened, I think, over a week uh, earlier in the season. Right, and, and it just now came out that they had it so Mm -hmm. they weren't necessarily seeking attention they were seeking change and and there's often a you know people are seeking the spotlight and doing this you know some of them are really doing it for the right reason chris long donated his game checks six weeks worth six weeks of his game checks to charlottesville Mm -hmm. for education the the problem is is that when things are well intended you have to make sure that you're able to control somewhat of the message but so so then if it's a it's a month of unity that's a great idea. Which athletes are going to be deciding what causes are part of that month of unity? And which and what you're going to end up having is you'll have some athletes that are complaining. Well, how come my cause isn't being addressed as much as this cause is? I just think it's too hard to do with this many people. I think it's important that the conversation keeps occurring. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's admirable to ask for it, but I think it's the logical next step of having a conversation about the issues that, that people are facing and the concerns that they have while this goes on. And you know what? Uh, I, I'm impressed by the Eagles, the way that they've they've handled their players and allowed them to be themselves. With Malcolm Jenkins, I think the Eagles have a real leader on and off the field. I think with Chris Long, they have a leader on and off the field. I think that's, impress- that's, that's impressive, and, and it's come a long way since – I was disappointed when they brought in Michael Vick, but that's for another day. That is for another day. Yeah. Let's go back to last week, another day. Uh, Eagles did not pull it out in Kansas City. Rather no. frustrating 
game for some fans. They're now one and one, uh, which is sort but of Peterson didn't look too happy either. Well, no, yeah. you wouldn't be too right. happy uh, when you don't really try and run the ball very much. Well, that's his fault. You know, the amazing Who, who's thing the offensive coordinator? Frank Reich, but Doug Peterson calls it. Uh, exactly. But they were running the ball well when they ran it in the first half. They, they weren't like Sproles was how running many times did they run it the they, whole they had 17 game. runs in the whole game. That's and, and, and how many 50, passes over 50 dropbacks for pass. You, you cannot, cannot do that. that. Nope. You can't. It, it, I mean, we, okay. you can't do that. He can't stay as the off. Didn't, didn't this conversation take place about 12 years ago well, that was when the, Andy Reid first got here? That was the thing that bothered me listening to his press conference. It's like, yeah, we need to fix that. It's like, you're the coach. I cannot fix that, okay? I am not calling the plays. Here's what you... I'm not deciding the running back on the field. I'm not making the personnel decisions. So we don't need to fix that. You need to fix that so I can root for it being fixed. Yeah, but be, being the disciple of somebody does not mean you have to follow them track for track so that they make the same Look, mistakes. You're supposed to learn how from many, the mistakes. How many fakes for the receiver coming across the face of the, the formation did they have for Kansas City in that game with Tariq Hill? What are the Eagles doing? When the Eagles do that, they throw a screen out that's a backward pass in the end. They're, even when they're not running their ball, which they're is not, a fumble, they're not doing it. things to hold the linebackers, which mm. means that you're you're stuffing the box and you're not going to be able to get what you need out of it. What them. was the point of getting LeGarrette Blunt only when you're inside the two? He had 18 touchdowns last season and he right. had no carries, none. It, 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 he, he, there's, he had th nearly 300 carries last season and he had none now you could tell me he's lost a step you could tell me anything you want you signed the guy i have a, i have a headache because because i i listen to me no because, oh, okay. because just this, sure. these very conversations took place a decade ago when andy reed first got here so do you know who the leading rusher was on the team last week carson wentz four rushes for 55 yards that's ridiculous and it wasn't they were planned runs it was mm -hmm. the pressure he was under because he was again for the second week in a row his best plays are made while scrambling out running for his life now who knows who they're going to start say amalo this week or Chance Warmack, who knows whether they're going to make a change there. But this offensive line needs to give him some more time. Wentz also holds the ball really long. Mm -hmm. They can't be expected to block as long as he's holding it sometimes. Well, especially when the defense knows that they're passing 67 to 70% of the time. Wentz you just can't do it. Six times. It's, you, you need to commit to the run. And it, as the season goes on, you need to commit to it more. And you can't give up in the first or second quarters because when running usually pays dividends, it's in the fourth quarter. Do you know the thing that I feel good about? What's that? That they're playing the Giants offensive line <laughs> this week. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Giants fan. Tell me what you're thinking. They stink. Out loud. They're you want me to say it louder? They really stink. They're terrible. Their offensive line is... Somebody sent me a photo. I think you I sent forwarded me this, it to you. Five trash cans. The, uh, yeah, five <laughs> trash cans is the offensive line of the Giants. They're yeah, horrible. Yeah, you sent me that. But, even, even my son wasn't impressed with the Giants' <laughs> offensive line. He was like, forget this. Did he I'm, start running away from the TV because he thought he was going to He was like, sacked. I'm going to bed. I'm done with this. Yeah. Now, I was happy about it because, one, I don't really like the Giants, and two, I picked Detroit, so it gave me the lead over you for the week. Mm -hmm. But as a Giants fan... What's your thought with this offensive line? You got a lot of defensive injuries coming in this week as well. You know, obviously the Eagles' secondary issues are a huge concern. You've got uh, Watkins out. 
it was amazing. Peterson four hours ago said, "Oh, these players will be game time decision. They'll Oops. warm up for practice." And then, like two hours later, there's an injury report that says that they're out. Did he think the game was tonight? I have no idea. I, I look. I don't question this anymore. I I don't question those things that I can't change. I can't change the coach. I'm stuck with him. Here, here's what's going to happen this weekend: <laughs> the over under on number of pass attempts between these two teams. You got it at 90. 90. 90. Easily. Yeah. Uh, God, I hope not. Oh yeah. Both teams can't run the ball. All I know is I want to see, not I to wanna see pressure because there's nothing. There's few things I enjoy more than the sad Eli face. <laughs> I love that pouty face when he gets all upset and they're like up in his grill and at his feet. I hate to tell you that's his normal face. I know. And I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, when he smiles, I feel like something's wrong. <laughs> so he has to look desperate and upset. OK, let's make some picks real fast. OK, sure. uh, you going to uh, beat me this week? I don't know. I'm not good at this, so you should beat me. Okay, Baltimore at Jacksonville. The person that knows less always seems to win these things. That's why I'm doing well. I'll, look, you can try. <laughs> like you ever do an NCAA you pool? You can try and shoot who, me down who, all day, but I'm winning by one game who, right now. Who wins the NCAA don't pool? Don't change the, the person subject, who picks make, them by the color of the, the subject, Make your pick. Okay. Okay. Baltimore is Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I got Baltimore. We'll see whether the fighting is Joe, Joe Flacco, Flacco playing this week. He is playing okay. this week, I believe, and the defense will be there. All I know is that you just took Blake Bortles. Enjoy that, buddy. Atlanta at Detroit. <laughs> I like that face. You just made. <laughs> Enjoy that uh, I'm picking the Lions. So you got the Lions yeah. uh, at home pulling it out. They mm-hmm. obviously look good. I'm going to go it's with gonna it. Loud, I'm going to go with Atlanta. I, I just, you know, I can't pick against Matt Ryan right now. Uh, Cleveland at Indy. Cleveland. I can't believe Cleveland's I'm going to win a game. I can't believe I'm going to take Jacoby Brissett and Indianapolis. Why? Because they're home. No better reason. I, I, I don't I'm know. I'm guessing that's an easy ticket to get this weekend. Probably. Yeah. That people can probably get that. Denver mm-hmm. at Buffalo. Denver. We both have Denver yep. for that. Houston at New England. New England. Both of us are taking New yeah. England. Miami at the Jets. Miami. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets oh. lose. How many people will be at that game? I a, a friend of mine's going. He has season tickets. Why? I, because he's a fan, and I admire that yeah. about fans. When your team's bad and you don't run away, he's had season tickets for over twenty years. He's like never only missed like one or two games. I admire it. I love fans. So it's, he's shown up for more Jets games than the Jets actually have. Probably yeah. he'll be. There'll be more. Okay, here's the question: Will there be more fans at the LA games or at the Jets? Well, game? no, there's only one LA game this week. Yeah, they just played last night at San Francisco. There was nobody. There, there was nobody at that yeah. stadium either. <laughs> last week, both the Rams and the Chargers, if you add up the attendance, had less people go to their game the than USC. USA. How yeah. you feel about that? College LA needed two teams, man. Needed two teams. Don't forget that they needed none. They needed two. Don't forget they it. New Orleans and Carolina this week. New Orleans and Cal- New Orleans. I have no idea why I'm taking Carolina, but I am, and I don't feel comfortable they about it at all. Gre- especially remember, with they Greg don't Olson have, out. Gre- yeah, Greg I don't. I don't feel very comfortable about the pick, uh, but I made it. So Giants of Philly. That's right, Mr. Giants fan. You're taking the Eagles. I am. That's right, because mm-hmm. you want to do well. Mm-hmm. You care more. So don't tell me that you can't do fantasy, because here you why? are making picks against your own interests. See, you no. could handle this. You could do just I'm fine. I'm being honest. Uh, and you can do that with fantasy sports. You'd handle this just fine. Pittsburgh at Chicago. Pittsburgh. Uh, I know how to spell it. Chicago is <laughs> right. Chicago <laughs> fans are desperately calling for Mitch Trubisky. I don't think. What's gonna... the difference? If if your receivers drop the ball, who cares who's throwing it to them? Why are you arguing details with me? It doesn't uh, matter. I, you know these people are in, in Chicago. I understand that they want to call for him, and I understand Mike Glennon is not going to the Hall of Fame. But the fact no? is, is they cannot catch the ball. All right. We're running out of time. I got Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay, Minnesota. Sam Bradford's going for a second opinion on his knee. It's never good when you hear going to Dr. James Andrews. 
And I don't think that's the first time he's no. gone to. So we both have Tampa Bay, yeah. Seattle at Tennessee. We're both going Seattle. Boy, we have a lot of the same picks here later on. Seattle yeah. at Tennessee. Uh, Cincy at Green Bay. We're both taking Green Bay. Here we go. Casey at the Chargers. You're taking the Chargers. I am. All right. They got to win at some point, right? Okay. I got I got Casey. Oakland although, to- although, although when, when they show that game, I guarantee you there's more Chiefs fans than there are Chargers fans. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Oakland at Washington. Oakland. Okay, I uh, I think Oakland too, and it's it helps them that it's a late game. It's a four o'clock start on the East Coast, so they don't mm-hmm. have the early start. Dallas at Arizona. Dallas. All right, so that's what we got with those picks. Can I complain to you for a second about the Nets? No, uh, not about the Nets. I, I want to complain to you about boxing. Did you watch the fight last week? No. Why not? Because I'm not paying for it. Okay, so I, I watched it, <laughs> and uh, we only have a minute, and. One of the judges, so I thought it could have been a draw, maybe Triple G winning 115-113. Our friend Bill Holmes was out in Vegas, Mm -hmm. had it as a draw for the first time. So Judge Adelaide Bird uh, scored it 118-110. Wasn't she married to Lyndon Bird Johnson? I have no idea who (laughs) she is or what she is. I know that she gave 10 of 12 rounds to Canelo and Uh obviously wasn't watching the same fight that I was. Or that anybody was. But they're already talking rematch. Of course. Of course they are. Yeah. Of course they are. Do you know how much this kind of stuff hurts the integrity? I understand so, it'll make more money next time. We don't time. have time to go it's deep in it, but what gives a bigger black eye to boxing? The spectacle of Mayweather-McGregor or the real fight getting stolen by the judges? The real fight getting stolen by the judges. That's going to be the last yeah. thought for this week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week on The Heart of Sports. Everybody have a great weekend. Make sure to join us next Friday night as we help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.